So just two weeks to go tomorrow, two weeks, we jump on a plane, 3.35pm and off we go. It's a one-way ticket to Australia. Why on earth would you do that? So it's got to be God, hasn't it? I've been driving around in the mountains lately thinking, what? I, I even said to the people on the tour with me the other day, I said, why would you leave this? It, uh, it's a beautiful country, New Zealand, but uh, it's only the call of God that would get me away from this country, I can tell you uh, that for sure. Uh, and uh, strangely enough, that'll be one year to the day that we handed the church over to this incredible couple uh, here, one year to the day. So, um, so our commissioning service in two, uh, in two weeks, two Sundays' time, um, would be just, about, just as much a celebration about these guys um, as us going out as well, because uh, haven't they done an amazing uh, a job in their first year? <laughs> done such a great job. We, uh, we love them dearly and, and so excited to see what's happening here at, uh, at Thrive. Um, so, and thank you to, to you all for um, your support, your encouragement, your prayers, for your financial um, giving and all those sorts of things. Um, we've now raised $28,000 per annum. We've got $28,000 of, uh, of um, gifts per annum to help us. And uh, our target, our release to field target is 33000 So we're just 5000 off that. We're so close. Um, and so if you haven't had a chance and you do want to be a part of this journey, um, then there is information out the back there. Um, but uh, just, you know, even, even if you... You don't feel, and we fully understand this, that you don't feel that um, uh, it's right for you to give something financially. Please take one of our cards because we'd love to have you guys praying for us. Uh, we're going into some pretty tough territory uh, in terms of the climate, spiritual climate over there, and we will really value your prayers. Um, so, yeah, so please, please do grab one of those. Um, it's just been incredible the way that God has met uh, things this year for us. One of the things that we have to do once we get to uh, Cairns, so what we do is we leave, we fly to Cairns, I do four weeks of training in Cairns before we get to Arnhem Land, and that training is about another $8,000, uh, which we have to um, come up with ourselves, And uh, but we were fortunate enough, there was a memorial fund that was set up uh, by an MAF pilot who um, tragically died while out on service. Um, and his family set up a memorial fund, and we were actually the first recipients of that memorial fund. So they've given us $6,000 towards that. Uh, so that was a real blessing. I was, I, honestly, this is what happened. I'm, I'm driving along the motorway, and I'm saying, God, I don't know. You know, the, the dollars are tight here. We, there's so many costs with leaving the country and that sort of stuff that we, we haven't got that money. It's just we don't have that money. Um, and, uh, and then uh, the CEO rang me up, and uh, this was the day, the day after, and told me, and, uh, and we, were, we received some funds, so incredible way. And then uh, various one-off gifts as well, which have really helped us for the, the things we have ahead. So thank you so much for being a part of that. I think the last, um, the last week, week and a half, the gravity of what we are doing has started to hit me. Um, and um, yeah, it, uh, you know, leaving family and friends in a church that we love uh, is just, it's just starting every now and then it starts to come home. But we're so busy at the moment uh, trying to get everything sorted that I just keep focused on that. But I know it's, it's going to be a tough moment when we do depart um, and the farewells before that. 
But you know, Matthew 6 verse 33 says, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. Um, And that has been the scripture for Ruth and I over the years that we have lived by, uh, is seeking first his kingdom and his righteousness, not on our own strength or our own righteousness, but what he has already done for us, his incredible grace uh, that Glenn talked about this morning. And uh, so for Ruth and I, what we have made a point of in our life is pursuing him and what he has in store for us. We believe that the best thing that we can do is look at what the desires are that we have in our heart, look at what the desire is within God's heart, and then see how we can co-labor with him and what exciting uh, journey he has ahead for us. And as we have done that through the lives, we've, we've had an incredible life thus far. We've had an incredible adventure. I want to tell you, if, you, you haven't had, if you're not yet in a relationship with Jesus, there is no bigger adventure than doing it with Jesus. He is the one who created us. He intimately knows us. He knows what he's placed within us, and he's prepared good works for us to do in advance. One of the greatest privileges we have in life is co-laboring with Christ to see this world changed and transformed. And so this is the next step for us in, uh, in doing this. I want to pick up um, from some fantastic messages uh, that have been spoken in the last few weeks. Obviously, I haven't heard some of them, uh, but I heard Glenn and Josh's messages over the last month. Um, And I remember one line resonating out of there, that the comforter lives in the uncomfortable zone. It's a great statement. The comforter lives in the uncomfortable zone. And this year, for me, has been an uncomfortable zone. Sorry, I should say the past year. I'm not going to try and say last year, okay? The past year. Um, has it's been, There's been a lot of the uncomfortable zone in there. And I want to tell you, and, and I want to give testimony today, really, to the incredible faithfulness of God when we step into that uncomfortable zone. You know, if you want to get closer to Jesus, sail into a storm and you'll walk on water. He's, he, he lives out there in the faith zone, and our life is, as believers, called to uh, be out there in the faith zone. Uh, Glenn talked uh, about, the, for a number of people this year, there being a fork in the road for them, a decision point. And, you know, I've felt that for a, a good number of people in this church um, for a period of time, actually. That there's, there's a number of people here that God just wants to adjust. He wants to, he wants to encourage you that he actually has something a whole lot more in store for, the, for you than you're actually uh, walking in right now. Now, I, I'm, I, this church never uh, ceases to amaze me. The faith and the incredible passion of people and the service and the giving of this church is fantastic. Um, and, uh, and the way that you're a part of bringing the kingdom in everyday life. Um, but I get a sense that for a, a number of people, God, you've got things that are locked up within you that you don't think you can do. And I want to encourage you today that God is calling you on and into some amazing things. And if you'll trust him and if you'll, if you'll grab a hold of his hand, he is faithful. He is so faithful to us. My life message, I've come to realize that my life message is that you can do it. That you were born to do great things. It is knitted within you to do great things. And, then, and probably following down a sub-message of my life is that the Word of God is truth and it is powerful. And if you can get the Word of God, galaxies can be formed and fashioned. People 
can be made because the Word of God is so powerful. <clears throat> we've all got our mountains that we have to overcome. But you know the coolest thing is we've got the most experienced mountain climber with us every step of the way. <clears throat> I want to share, um, when I came out of uh, high school, I'd done reasonably well in high school. And our dream, Ruth and my our dream was she was going to be a nurse, I, I was going to be a pilot. And so I actually started the training right back then, um, but, uh, but got sidetracked by uh, my good friend Tim back there, who came up with this great idea of starting a community-based youth centre. And, uh, and I remember in that meeting just going, we've got to be a part of that. And um, is there a box of tissues on the air? Sorry. Um, yeah, I thought, oh, I've got to be a part of that. And it was an incredible vision, and I had the privilege of serving uh, Tim in that vision for... Um, me for a good number of years um, and that was a major part of, uh, of um, the church in those days um, and I at times some people have said oh you know you've taken a journey to being a pilot I've gone well not really because I look at every single step along the way as being an important and significant part of what God wanted me doing at that time uh, my end goal has not been to be a pilot not by any means. And the piloting is really, it's just a, it's a tent making um, to what God is really calling us to do. Um, so what I did when I left school was I started doing a certificate in business computing um, because you can make a lot of money those days and then I could pay for the uh, flying. And you didn't uh, have these wonderful things called student loans back then. And uh, so I took this test it was this aptitude test, and it took an afternoon. Had to go into Christchurch Polytech, sat this. Uh, anybody done an aptitude test here? Okay, they're, they're evil. I'm sure they're created by the devil himself. They're just, they're just horrible, horrible things. If you design them, I'm sorry. Um, but uh, they're, not, they're, not, they're not designed to build your confidence up. But anyway, I get this letter from Christchurch Polytechnic, and I'll never forget it. And uh, it said, uh, Dear Mr. Death, we regret to inform you that due to the results of your aptitude test, you will not be able to uh, do, this, uh, do this course. The results of your aptitude test were... Now, this is an A4 piece of paper, a big grey box. I mean, I swear the big grey box was that big in the middle of this A4 piece of paper. And this is what it had. It had the word fail. <laughs> so rude. It's right. It's the rudest letter I've ever had in my life. Due to the results you have to the results you have to test were fail. Now, now you don't you don't turn around to a seventeen year old young man and say fail, okay, on a big piece of paper from an official place. Um, but that's what it said. And so after sort of turning the paper around and going, yeah, no, it doesn't matter what angle you look at it, that is saying fail. Um, we uh, have uh, convinced the Polytechnic that I could do the course part-time. Um, and I fulfilled their expectations and for the next year pretty much failed half of it. Uh, <laughs> but then we went back and re did a whole lot of resets and, and managed to get, uh, get it uh, knocked out. But, um, but what I didn't realise was actually how much of a prison wall that had placed in my life just sitting there in behind the scenes was this word fail. Um, and so we, we uh, set up in North Canterbury Youth Services and had a great time and, and really did, did, we did very well with that. Um, but through that period, 
as a young guy. So I was fairly confident, but I just went through a whole lot of confidence-shattering experiences, um, and even you know a bit of public humiliation as well which really rocked me. And I remember at one stage saying, God, what are you doing to me? Like, how can I serve you? How can I do anything for you when I can't, when my confidence is just being obliterated with these different things that, uh, that keep happening? Um, dumb things on my part and just life. And, um, and I remember God saying really clearly to me at that point, he said, Chris, I want your confidence to be on me, not in yourself. And going through that time, I didn't realize then what a pivotal experience that was going to be for, the, for, for my life ahead, was to know that my confidence was not on myself, but was actually in God. You know, the whole uh, abseiling incident, some of you have heard this. For those of you who haven't, I'll, I'll tell you briefly. Um, uh, ab, when I was learning to be an abseiling and climbing instructor, we are on Frog Rock one uh, Waitangi weekend, actually, and uh, we are abseiling my nephew off there, and a, f- a photographer comes along, he says, can I take a photograph? And it's great, yeah, fantastic, I'm from the press. I'm like, yeah, sweet, take a photo. And I just have this knack of getting myself on the front page of the, photo, uh, of the press or the papers. The trouble is this time, here is front page of the press, and my nephew's there, ready to abseil down Frog Rock, and he hasn't got a helmet on his head, which was a big no-no, um, and, you know, still is. Um, and, um, man, I tell you what, the, the mail and the letters to the editor and stuff that I got out of that, it was an honest, simple mistake of someone who was learning. And um, you know what fail means? First attempt in learning. I like that. Uh, but it was, a, it was one of those ones that was just in front of everyone. You couldn't hide from it. It had Christy Earth right underneath there. No helmet on the hair. Oh, my goodness. But, you know, it was things like that. It just my confidence was just getting knocked around left, right, and center. Shortly after that, I had to do my assessment to be an abseiling rock climbing instructor, which was two full days of assessments, along with a couple of very experienced assessors, and uh, I knew that they would know my name, <laughs> and they would be wanting to teach me a lesson. And so I went into this, and I'm like, and, and God's saying, you've got to do this. And I'm going, God, why would I do this when, they, when you know, everything's stacked against me right now? He said, you've got to do this. And he gave me a couple of scriptures. And uh, if you, do you want to just put these up? I haven't, well, I'm, what's going to come up here is just some scriptures. Now, Josh has been talking about writing notes. So just write those down somewhere. And I, I, I've been a little bit tricky. I haven't given you what those scriptures say. Okay, so there's your homework. You can see, you know, not only taking notes, but you can go back to it. But these scriptures have been so pivotal in, in, pivotal in my life. Um, so he gave him the scripture, Psalm 118, verse 6. The Lord is with me. I will not be afraid. What can man do to me? Tell you what, there's a lot of us, myself included, that the opinion of man can be greater than the opinion of God. But that says, what can man do to me? The Lord is with me. And then Hebrews 10 verse 35. Do not throw away your confidence, for it will be richly rewarded. You need to persevere so that when you have done the will of God, you will receive what he has promised. And I kept those two scriptures on a flashcard in my pocket during that whole assessment process. And I'd pull them out and I'd look at them. And by the end of that assessment process, I was just rolling them around in my head. I was letting the word of God be my confidence rather than in my own abilities. 
I knew that I'd trained well. I'd done. I'd made my mistakes and I'd learned from my mistakes. I I knew that we could do this, but my own self-confidence was pretty low. But my confidence in God was great. And so, as I was saying, you know, we, we went through life, and to NCOA, it's a fantastic time being asked. I still remember when uh, Lynn asked Ruth and I to be the assistant pastors at the church, and we were just like, yeah, we've got to do that. We, we didn't even go home and pray about it. We just, we sat there in the meeting, went, we've got to do that. And we said yes, pretty much right there and then. Um, and, uh, and that took us on uh, another really significant and important part of what God had called us to do, the good works that he prepared for us in advance to do. And we had a great time serving uh, Peter and Lynn and, and this church and, um, and learned so much and really enjoyed it and hopefully blessed a few people along the way. Uh, and then the great honor of being asked to be the senior pastors of this church and pastoring it for seven years and taking through. And, you know, I'll, I'll always be so incredibly proud of this church during the earthquakes. What we achieved during those earthquakes was incredible. Actually, I talked about it, and one of the things I had to do for MAF, and I, I just, I said to them at the end, I said, you know, it was, it was probably one of my proudest moments of what our church achieved uh, was through that time. But uh, that was just a small part of, uh, of, um, yeah, what we hope was a really significant time, and uh, so exciting to see how things continue to go on and grow. Um, but you know, through the years, this bizarre flying thing would not go away. And I, I tell you what, I put it on the table so many times, put it on the altar so many times. I said, God, I, look, if you, want, if you want the church to be my life work, then that's cool. I'm, I'm, I'm okay with that. I will give up. I don't understand this desire. It's so strong. But uh, if you want me to, to hand that over. So I'll put it on the altar. And I could take you to a spot in my garage on White Street where he gave it back to me. I could take you to a spot in Wainui. On the, I could take you to the spot of the floor where he gave it back to me again. I could take you to a spot up at Mount Thomas where he gave it back to me again. He said, Chris, I want you to hold on to this because one day this is going to pull you in to the next thing that I have in store for you. You know, I understand the desire now why it was so strong because to pull me out of, how we, uh, out of what we were doing here needed to be a really strong desire in there because we were having some great years. We were really enjoying what we were doing here. Uh, but, you know, that's the desires that God places in our hearts. They actually, and this is what someone said to me, we need to give those the honor and attention that they actually deserve. God has placed desires within each one of us to pull us in to the amazing adventure that he has for us, the good works that he has prepared in advance for us to do. If you have heard that the Christian life should be trudgery and kind of, you know, doing everything you don't want to do, then that is rubbish. The greatest adventure we can live is the life that God has designed us for. The skills that he's placed within us. So when we handed over the, uh, well, actually, it was quite clear that, you know, we needed to hand over the church and it was a bit sooner than uh, than we had thought it would be, but it was just right timing. And MAF were at the time, they had the scholarship where it looked like I could get a lot of the uh, training paid for. But to, to get that scholarship, I had to complete what's called a GPSS aptitude test. Full day of testing. 
I started this thing at 9 o'clock in the morning. I finished it at 6.30. I had one hour off for lunch and a heck of a lot of toilet breaks in the midst of it because I was so nervous. And, uh, and this thing tested everything. Verbal field independence. What on earth is that? But I got tested on it. My short-term memory, my long-term memory, my numerical skills, uh, my insight on this and that and the next thing. And, uh, and it's one of those tests that you don't know. Some, some things, you know, there'll be 28 questions, but you can only get through five of them. But you don't know that. You don't know, you know? And so you just don't feel good about it. So I did this, and I thought, I'm not doing well at this. I get the result the next day, and it confirmed that I had not done well in it. And in fact, it comes out, and this is what it gave me. It gave me severe doubt that I could undergo the training to be a pilot. Severe doubt. So now I've told you guys that we're, you know, we're going off to to follow math. I've told the leadership team there's a plan and process, and now I've got severe doubt. In behind that, back here somewhere in the background, going, fail, fail. So you've got fail and severe doubt on your team, which are not good team members to have. I've got God asking me to keep walking down this path. And the scholarship uh, didn't turn out to be well, it didn't turn out at all um, because it actually wasn't, yeah, uh, the long story. But anyway, there wasn't a scholarship there, really. So I've got fail, severe doubt, no money. We've got to sell the house. I'm looking at spending $90,000 of our equity to go down a path that I don't even know if I can, can make it now. And the results are saying... Severe doubt, if you can. And you know where Jesus is? He's out in that storm. He's saying, I want you to trust me and keep coming. I want you to trust me and just keep walking towards me. So on the 4th of March last year, I jumped in to study. The day after we handed over the church, I would leave home at 7 o'clock in the morning. I would uh, be in classes all morning. I would study right throughout my lunch break. I would study, uh, be in classes till 5 o'clock. I would come home. I would study for two hours. I would have dinner. I would study for another couple of hours until I keeled over on the chair at about 9.30 and just couldn't do anything more. And I tell you what, I, I was trying to do things uh, quickly and, um, and, and the study on those particular courses was really difficult. It just, you know, I hadn't done that sort of stuff for 20-odd years. And I'm trying to keep up with all these young fellas, eh, who, uh, you know, they're straight out of high school and they know what they're doing. And I, I literally, I felt like I was just keeping my head above water, dog paddling, <gasps> and working my butt off to try and uh, get through this thing. And you know what I've got in the back of my gra- in back of my head? Severe doubt. Fail. They just, those words, they just wanted to keep echoing away. But I've got the word of God saying, do not throw away your confidence for it will be richly rewarded. You need to persevere so that when you've done the will of God, you receive what he has promised. And I had to make sure, and, and, I, and this was really hard, that that voice was the voice that was louder than this voice. But you know, when we're in those psychological battles, that's a tough thing to do especially when, uh, when we're getting tired. And someone described fly, learning to fly to me as being like a series of brick walls. 
You just get through one and then they throw another big brick wall at you and you've got to try and conquer that. And I can say that that's pretty much how it was. Ephesians 3.16 was another scripture I grabbed a hold of. Out of his glorious riches, he will strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner man. So like my inner man's going, but the inner man that God's given me is going, keep walking. You can do this. Keep walking. Keep going. Um, And so I get... The, the the flying in general was going pretty all right through until I had to do an instrument rating. And then I, I really wrestled through that. Did my instrument... So this is so you can fly in, in um, cloud and poor conditions. Uh, and so I, f- I eventually got to a stage where I could do my instrument flight test. And I get into this instrument flight test going really well. And then I made one muck up. And the uh, the guy who was assessing me just starts yelling at me, which the worst thing you can do to me is yell at me, because then my confidence here is boom, real quick. And so he's, yeah, he's yelling at me, and, and so I'm just like, I'm just trying to focus on God and pull this back together and do the next thing right. And I made a few other mistakes through that test, and I'm, you know, I was feeling pretty deflated by the time I got onto the ground. I'm like, I landed the plane, taxied it up, got yelled at as I was parking the plane as well. And um, and he, he walked in, and I'm sitting in the plane, and I'm just like, well, Jesus, this is all over to you, man. <laughs> I hope you got this one under control. But honestly, I was walking in there to hear fail. That's what I was walking in to hear. Um, I walk in there, and... He says, I, you know, this is always the question, how do you think you went? And I was like, well, it's not, you know, I was flying a bit better than that. He, he says, yeah, he did a couple of things wrong, but, you know, on the whole it was pretty good and extends his hand out to me. I was like, that's it. If you're, if you're putting your hand out to me, that must mean I've passed. So I shook the hand. I was like, oh, I can't believe it. I was like, thank you, Jesus. He was obviously in a different plane from me. <laughs> so, so then I, I had to get into the advanced flying, which is the last stage prior to getting the commercial license. And there was, there was just one manoeuvre, and Rob will enjoy this, it was called a max rate turn. Do you think I could get a max rate turn sorted? I, just, I, think, I swear I spent $2,000 just on this one exercise, just learning it. And, um, you know, and every time I'm struggling through these things, you know what wants to creep up and yell really loudly is fail and severe doubt. If I grab a hold of that scripture again, like a lifeline, and hold on to it to keep away from the crocodiles that want to get me down there. And I, actually, I walked into church here one Sunday, and I honestly, I was just so dejected that Sunday. I was like, am I, am I going to do this? this? You know? But God had promised me that week. He said, Chris, I have an impartation for you on Sunday. No, sorry, he hadn't said Sunday. I have an impartation of confidence for you. I was like, okay, that's cool. I'm here, and Glenn gets up. Uh, And I'll tell you what, this is why we need the body. This is why we need to be here together on Sunday mornings. Glenn gets up and he, uh, he, he comes up with this um, scripture. He knew nothing of what was going on for me. Psalm 18 verse 29. Um, he said, I just got a sense that God wants to really impart a confidence to, to some people here this morning. And I'm like, here's brick up. Hello, I'm that person. Um, and this is that scripture. With your help, I can advance against a troop. 
With my God, I can scale a wall. A series of brick walls. With my God, I can scale a wall. And I, I remember at that moment and, and just grabbing a hold of that and going, yes, that is so for me. That is my brother listening to God on my behalf when I'm weak, giving me something that I can grab a hold of. And you know what? From that moment on, there was something, there was an inner resolve that came in me that it didn't matter what was thrown at me is that we were going to get through this. We were going to make it. And so I got into my, uh, my final uh, test for my commercial pilot's license. We get out there. One of the first maneuvers you have to do is a max rate turn. I tried it. Didn't, didn't get it within limits. Gave me another shot. Didn't get it within limits. He gave me like four shots at this thing, and I did not get it. I had got this thing down pat. Do you think I could get it in the exam? Not a chance. Now, honestly, I was out there, and I, this is what I wanted to say. I wanted to say, look, if we're going to fail, let's just go back now, okay? Uh, but everything was in me was going, no, you're going to get this. You're going to nail this. So we moved on. We did everything else. I did it all really well. We're flying back into Christchurch. We're down low. He says, right, give me a max rate turn. Come on, Jesus. And so I do this, and I pull it off right within limits. I'm like, yes, thank you. And um, anyway, we, we get back in there, and and he's he's really umming and ahhing about giving me this. You know, he was he was wrestling through it. But you know, the whole time I'm sitting there going, it's a done deal. Actually, it doesn't matter what you say. God's already said, pass. And then in the end, and I tell you what, it's the lowest handshake I've ever had. It was like, <laughs> I just I had to go. <laughs> but anyway, it, it was a pass. Um, the funny thing is, you know, two days later, grabbed a plane, went out there, shoom, 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 right within limits, perfect, beautiful. There was, it was, honestly, it was like a battle. It was like a battle. So I've got that. But I know I've got two... Biggies to pass, severe doubt, fail, severe doubt. This GPSS test, I've got to do it again. And then I've got to do a two and a half hour flight assessment for MAF. With those two teammates yelling down the hallway at me. <clears throat> and um, so I went up and I did this GPSS test. And absolutely blitzed it. Nailed that puppy to the wall. <laughs> he comes out, gives me the second highest thing you can get. Uh, this is Dutch, so nothing ever sounds terribly positive. But <laughs> it gave me the result moderately positive. The only one above that is positive. Okay, So I got moderately positive. This is really good. This is really good. And um, yeah, absolutely nailed it. I'm just like, yeah, come on. I don't know how I nailed it. I'm sure God played around in there somewhere with the computer program, but anyway, nailed it. But, you know, in the midst of all this, my, my confidence on my flight, I knew I was a good, safe pilot, but in doing those advanced manoeuvres and things like that, I'm just like, man, you know, both the, the, the big tests I've done, they haven't been those sort of tests that you walk away and go, yeah, come on. And I've got the math flight assessment to do. I had to go up to Blenheim for it. And I'm driving up there, and you, you know, this is like this is like doing your driver's license on steroids. Okay, it's like doing your driver's license for two and a half hours. 
Uh, can you, you probably all remember how nervous and sick you feel about that. Well, that's what I'm, I'm driving up to Blenheim feeling like that. And I'm like, and, and, but just, it's this, I just kept talking with God, this confidence coming from God. And I go, man, I don't know how you do life without Jesus. I just, I have no idea. Because I couldn't have done what I did this year without Jesus. Wouldn't even wanted to imagine attempting to do it without Jesus. Did my flight assessment and it went beautifully. I even got these adverse weather, which I handled really well, and a failure on the plane, which how I handled really well, and all those those sorts of things. And um, and and this is the report that I get. Chris uh, is a calm, mature pilot who shows an excellent level of flying. Yes. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah, I don't say that because I'm anything great, but I say that as testimony of where God can take us when we will hold on to his hand and we will continue to trust him. You know, the comforter is found in those uncomfortable places. As believers, we have been called to do great things. We have been called to step out of the box and to see a world restored and redeemed. And you know, the amazing, incredible thing about that is that God is walking with us every step of the way. He is the great mountain climber that we climb with. You are significant. Every single person in this room is significant. If there's one thing that you hear from me today, if this be the echoing words that I leave in this church, is that you are a champion. You are significant. God has great things which He has prepared in advance for you to do. And don't let the words of fail. Don't let the words of severe doubt. Don't let words that were spoken over you as a child, as a teenager, or maybe yesterday limit you. Because God has great things for you in store. And He believes in you. And you have an amazing body here. A launch pad. A family who will cheer each other on. You know, I've said it to you uh, before, but every time there was a like on something significant on Facebook that we did this year, man, that meant so much to me. Just to know that there were so many people out there just cheering us on. We're called to do great things. Here's my question to you. What are those prison words? What are those walls that are in your life that are stopping you from stepping into what God has called you to do? Because you know what? Today those words need to fall to the ground. Today those words need to stop being as powerful as what the Word of God is in your life. Do not throw away your confidence, for it will be richly rewarded. What is it that you're scared to step into? You know, I just, um, there was a, a song this year. It's a Katy Perry song. Some of you have mixed emotions on this one. But the words of this song are fantastic. And actually, the words of the song I wrote out in my journal partway through today. Uh, bec- uh, sorry, part through, partway through this year. And it says, and it's just talking about the things that had tried to hold her down. But then it says, um, but I am a champion, and you're going to hear me roar. I was like, man, that's, you know, she spent a lot of time in church. There's a lot of church stuff that's within her. 
And I'm like, those words are so powerful. And I wrote them down. And I was like, man, you're going to hear me roar because I am the son of the lion of the tribe of Judah. And so what I want to do is just as we close today um, is, uh, yeah, if we just play, well, we're just going to play, we're actually going to play the song. So the words are up there. We're not going to show the video clip. <laughs> Even though it's got piloting and all those sorts of things, but there's, yes, anyway. <laughs> but I want to, I, I just want to pray. And here's, this is simply what I want to do. I don't want to spend a long time doing this. But if there's words that need to fall in your life, or if there's something that God is saying, I want you to step into this, but you're just, you know, you're having a tough time over that. Well, all I want you to do is just step in, that old, uh, step in the aisle, and I'm just going to come down, I'm just going to simply pray for an impartation for you. That's it. Once the song's finished, Glenn will take over, close it all up. But if we can just put this on, um, and, uh, yeah, if there are words that need to fall to the ground.